This is the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust. The story so far. In the last episode, Tom found himself in an embrace with Avril after Avril's ex, Charles Freire, arrived on the scene, very debonair, and has a very, very big and expensive car. I think it's a Bentley or something. Um, so, anyway, I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. Woo! So, we are following the gorgeous, gorgeous Yossi drama that is Howard's Way. episode was first broadcast on 20th of October 1985. So in this episode, Ken conducts business with Charles Freire, Jan revels in her newfound business acumen, Tom and Avril's celebration is interrupted by an uncomfortable Leo, Kate encourages Jack to fight and come clean with Tom and Avril, Lynn defies her mother to crew in the fastnet race, Tom desperately needs Jan's support. Ken advises Jan about an independent future. Jan meets Charles Freire again. Leo goes to Abbey. Tom's prototype is the only thing that can save the mermaid yard, but he faces opposition from Jack. Abbey confesses her secret to a sympathetic Leo, and Avril's unwelcome visitor returns, and this time carries a thinly veiled threat. Fantastic. And that was the summary on IMDb, which I think really basically summarises the episode really quite succinctly. But it doesn't actually cut, there's no depth, there's no gorgeous, sort of like, he said, she said anything. But that's what we're here for. If it had that, that, it wouldn't be a summary, would it? (laughs) It'd be the script. So this episode is powered by apple and cinnamon gin, which is quite delicious. And it's all homemade. Homemade. Marvellous gin gin. gin. (laughs) We should be on the back of a yacht, on on the Tarrant estuary. And for all you know, listeners, we (laughs) We are. (laughs) Not in a back bedroom in Nantwich in Cheshire. But it's equally lovely. So... This episode, I mean, yes, last week's episode was was quite sort of like, ooh, ah, ooh, because you had sort of lots of glamorous uh, Polly and art shows and meeting Charles Freer, who yes. I keep keep mixing up so, with Charles Devere from yes. Tamanabor. Yes, 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 my dear listener, indeed, Jonathan does. So if you hear him talk about Charles Devere. He is, in fact, talking about Charles Freire. However, it would make a really good mashup, wouldn't it? Be sort of introducing the Tamara Bourne cast to the the Howard's Way one. It was around about the same time, wasn't it? Really, um, I, I think Tamara Bourne was probably earlier. I think 80s. That, yeah, it was earlier, wasn't it? But is it? It's got the equal it's the equal measures of uh, social commentary and poshness <laughs> with lack of a beagle. 
What was yeah. the name of Bertie? Bertie, Bertie, with Bertie the, be- the Beagle. Bertie the Beagle. <laughs> yeah. So this episode, we yeah. it starts... So, it's, we, so we meet... Um, well, we don't meet. We see uh, Charles Freire's yacht. Yes. Well, it's the, the, and, we the, get, and we get the Charles Freire music, we, which, which, which sounds very grand, but also very synthetic. It, it's very synthetic, a bit like him and a bit like his synthetic boat. I mean, in fairness, the boat from various some angles looks really, really lovely. And from other angles, it just looks like... Yeah. Well, it it sort of gives that impression of opulence, but then when you get on board, you realise it's just it, got B and Q patio it, furniture. It's not so. Charles is going to have a, a little meeting with Ken a to, to, to to discuss business. This is where the show, so Howard's Way, I love. I mean, obviously Howard's Way, you cut me, and Howard's Way will drip out. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> well, that's not very that's not a very attractive proposition. From, I think from this episode, um, we have lots of nonsensey, businessy things yes. that are going on. Where the, the characters they could just they're, they're talking about stock shares, yeah. buying, acquisitions, which are quarterly projections and, on the agenda, and the sort of the spreadsheets and things stuff. like that. So we've they not, may we've as well, not met the computer yet. The, we've, we've not met the computer. The I think computer. it gets shared around. Yeah, well, we have met a computer we once. Met a, well, we've met. Yeah, that's at Tom's spare we've met room. Tom's computer, but we've not we've not met Charles's. Um, Prestel Stock Exchange Direct Link Computer. Oh my God, no! That's but great. Fun. I say, I mean, that's the thing with Howard's Way because I think um, from this episode onwards, we do have a lot of nonsensey business things. So they may well have gone business, 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 money, yeah. money, 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 and they may, may have just. I think they, the scriptwriters maybe just like filled up five to ten minutes when they didn't know what to do. And they, were, they were doing acquisitions and everything. Rather, they didn't really take the, the the sort of the leaf out of like dynasties, uh-huh. dynasty in Dallas, where uh-huh. they, they had uh-huh. Uh-huh. well, they had they had glamorous takeovers, and it was there was like one sentence of business where I think Howard's way it got padded out with well a dynasty ta- a dynasty takeover usually involved uh, Alexis Carrington, and Colby Dexter Morell coming into a room <laughs> with a big hat on saying I'm in charge now. <laughs> Which I think would have been worked really well, <laughs> but maybe Charles Freer wouldn't have looked good with a big hat. <laughs> he did have shoulder pads. Yeah, we yeah. have to make a comment on Ken because t- this episode we see Ken, we see Ken in two different polo necks. But so we have the have the morning meeting with Ken. So Ken is having a morning meeting with Charles Freer yeah. on the back of the boat, which is meant to be very glamorous, but it's this general sort of like home base plastic furniture yeah. that would be on the back of some yeah and i think that patio. tells us a lot about charles free doesn't it he's all glamour and opulence up front and his own plastic furniture around the back yeah i, mean, I think it's I mean, the, the set designers obviously they spent most of it on jan jan's wardrobe yeah. <laughs> and they just sorry hired, jan you're they, not a set they hired a, <laughs> yeah they hired a, they hired a very cheap um yacht for well, Charles. I think it was probably quite an expensive yacht, but it wasn't a new yacht sort of thing. Because I mean, this was done in '85, and my uncle had a yacht, what well, had a motor launchy thing like that, um, and his one was looked looked a lot nicer and plusher than that, and it wasn't a vastly expensive one. This was probably quite a really expensive yacht in like late '70s, and it, it had it, so at the back of it, you had lots of it was like net curtains and like your grandma's lounge in the back salon area of the boat and on the back of the boat where they had their glamorous meeting where they were drinking fizz out of uh sort of cut glass fluted things and 
Ken's going, oh, I've never done meetings like this before. Uh, in fairness, I like, I really like Ken um, because Ken is now going into that upper echelon and he, he, he's not aware of how to act and things like that. And he's a little bit wide-eyed, but he's, he's trying to fit in. Um, but he's a, he's a very good businessman, um, I think. Um, but he, so he's there in his white polo neck. Starting yeah. is morning polo. This neck. is his morning polo neck. His morning polo neck. It's white polo neck, white trousers. White trousers, and he had this white mesh, like blouson sort of jacket that you'd potentially wear in the golf course, which I wouldn't have put that with going onto a boat. I mean, but but then he had, oh no, did he have the blues? We had the blues on in one of the meetings yeah. he had on the boat. I don't think he the had... other one he had a double breasted blazer. No, yeah, when he when he left the boat uh, for the morning meeting, he had this navy double-breasted sort of blazer which was horrible um but then again thin people can get away with double-breasted but fat people it just makes you look fatter i can never wear double-breasted because i'm a little bit stocky it kind of makes you look like a bouncer mm, yeah all we need is your lanyard security yeah your name's not danny you're not coming in well, that was yeah. another 80s thing wasn't it uh, so we have so we have a bit of business bollocks going on in the in the morning. Then we very have early in the morning. Early in the morning. Then we have. Well, uh, let me switch to the to the delightful Dartford Crossing. It, oh, I think it was the Dartford Crossing, but it may have been in Southampton. I don't know, but well, no, I would imagine it was probably in Dartford. In fact, it did look like the Dartford Crossing, didn't it? It did look the like the Dartford there. Crossing, and and we see we see. Presumably, Jan's going to to London. In her MG Met- to, Metro to buy some frocks, <laughs> I yeah, and I felt a little bit stereotypical for Jewish the Jewish tailor, the Jewish tailor. Yes, it, it, it was it, a little bit. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I just felt really. I mean, because it was like so. Listeners, obviously, you have watched it because Howard's Way is life. That I mean, we should have that in a T-shirt. Howard's Way is life, um, or Howard's Way life. No, anyway, um, so. He he's he looks like he's come off the back of oh, what's that? I wish I was a rich man. Da, 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 a fiddle on the roof. It looks like it was like from Central Casting. We need a Jew, big beard, ah shalom. And I felt that was like really really. And he tries to to sell us some horrible poly cotton blouse. Which yeah. is none to be, to be honest. No, none none of it looked particularly. I nice. I want to see your good stuff, and he like brings out some other vile stuff, and then. We go to the back office, the special office, where we've got something which looks like a doily. And Jan's going, ooh, yes, I'll, ha- I'll have four yeah. of those. Do you feel have to move? Qual- feel the quality <laughs> of that. Yeah. And then we see Jan doing business, which I thought she was very good at that. Because well, he- her business acumen is um, coming so, to the fore. So retail was 190 that could, oh, no, re- no, retail, no, retail was, 300, was 300 pounds. But trade price was 190 And he said, I'll have four of those and I'll have 16 blouses and a couple of pop socks <laughs> and, a, <laughs> and, and a couple a few, of rah-rah skirts. And a few floaty scarves. <laughs> yes, a few floaty scarves. And it's, uh, he write, hand writes an invoice. And he said, well, where's my discount? It's like, oh, they have twos and froes. And then he calls her bluff and then she walks out. And then yeah. he said, ah, oh, if I leave, I will give you say you can work for me. And then you can earn me lots of money. And she quite likes that. And I think good on her because she's actually found her niche because she's good. She is, she's a good communicator. And it shows that she does have the acumen that was needed uh, for the for the job and the role. And it, but it does seem like we've taken a bit of a jump from last week's episode when Polly suggested, well, you should become a shareholder of the business. And it just, that just seems to have 
happened some yeah do you think is she, is she a well, shareholder in the business well the way that ken was talking with because well so we'll get to that a little bit where because tom so the, tom wants to put his the house on as a as collateral yeah. you're but, jumping ahead a little bit and uh, jumping ahead a little bit but yeah. and then but then he's offering her to have a loan which she can take out of her profit share so i didn't i didn't pick up on that oh Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. Uh, well, I wasn't drinking gin at that time, so no. that's fine. No. Um, I maybe tuned out at that point. <laughs> you're aghast with, because right, and again, she didn't have that many outfit changes. I think Ken Miles had more more outfit changes. Well, he had two distinct outfit changes. Well, polo neck changes. He had a white polo neck change. I've had a white polo neck, and then he had a black polo neck. Oh, yeah, it was a black polo neck with the mesh golfing jacket. I think as it as like a blues on jacket. It does look very good. I, I mean, I have to say, it's it's a, it's a timeless look. <laughs> Ken Masters Fat Club. <laughs> so, um, then we see Jack. Jack, we did see him to have an elongated scene with Jack leaving his Ford Cortina, uh, his brown estate, sort of nonchalantly shutting the door without actually locking it, walking across the road, around the corner and into Barclays Bank. Yeah, this but, is after he's phoned in sick. <coughs> yeah. So Sorry, Avril, yeah. I can't come in. So why why is he phoned in sick for his own business? It's slightly beyond me. Well, but he feels a need. So he's he off to Barclays. He's trying to hide that the, that the German contract hasn't come come through. Um, and the reason the reason he thought the German contract was going because all the boats that were made have to go back to the yard to get fixed. If they're insured by Lloyds. If they're insured by Lloyds. Well, this is before the names of Lloyds all went tits up, wasn't it? Um, and it was insured by a German, German bank and it was being done by a German a German. Yeah. So it's a German insurance, insurance company. And it went to a German it. boatyard to get fixed. So um, at the bank, the bank manager says, well, if you haven't got the contract, I'm going to have to foreclose on you. We're going to have to call in the loan. He asked for an extension. I can't even think to extend. But then I thought he owns. He lives next to the boatyard in this gorgeous. Maybe, big, maybe he rents it. I, no, I think he owns it. Um, because uh, well, I would just. Uh, yeah. Or maybe. Which, yeah, which when you consider it, given that he does seem to live right next door to the boatyard, phoning in sick. It was a bit stupid because this is really probably parts of Ford Cortina in the boatyard. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm trying to think the geography of this because you've got the Mermaid Yard, you've got his house, you've got um, the, uh, the Lightful Jack's house, and then you've got the Jolly Sailor, which just yeah. seems to be along the same front. That would mean love the setup. I mean, say, if we win the lottery, I'd, I want to buy. Well, actually, I think I'd prefer to buy Polly's house, actually, because that was really nice. Um, so. Yeah. But I do, well, I do quite like Jack's because it's right on the front and everything. So don't forget, you've only ever seen the outside of, because what you see in the inside is actually a, a, a set. Yeah, I mean that's the set design. I mean the set designer actually tweeted us, super proud of that one because, in fairness, say a lot of a lot more effort seems to have gone into Jack's living room than there's gone into Kate's living room because Kate's living room just seems like they've gone to a local charity shop and then just dumped it in there. Um, Jack then so sort of get, gets told the bad news, and then the next scene we see with Jack is when he's round at Kate's, a little bit worse for work because he's been to the pub, and Kate gives him a pep talk, because obviously on the last episode Kate arrived at um, at Jack's house for her dinner date, which he'd forgotten about, and he was pissed. Um, 
So, but she's still very sturdy. She says, "Well, if you don't do something about it, and tell Tom, I'll yes. have to." So, so she's very stern that she has yeah. that he has to tell Tom. Oh, and quite Alvaro. right, so yeah, quite rightly so. So quite rightly so. Good, 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 for good for you. Jolly good. good. good jolly good. Yeah. Jolly, jolly good. good. So she says no to giving him any whiskey or anything like that, and so that basically promotes Jack to I think go. She gives him some cinnamon punch. <laughs> yeah, what was left over? Well, that did not like look like cinnamon punch. That looked like a really nice bottle of wine in or a bottle of fizz in in a in a box. Well, that did look very. Yeah, that that did not look non-alcoholic then we eat. oh anyway so meanwhile 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 um lynn is is having a a meeting with um joe penhaligan oh yes she wants to join the group of lesbians that oh <laughs> during the past <laughs> we, we talked about this <laughs> sorry sorry all right in fairness they have they Lynn's picked up the telephone after after Kate's given the article this was in the last newspaper week. in this last, was week last week about an all female. So she sorted out a meeting in the meeting in the yacht club. It turns out that Joe Penhaligan is a regular oh, at in, the yacht club. At the yacht club, which is curious. Um, and uh, Lynn uh, and Lynn sort of is buttering her up to go on to uh, to join her crew join for the crew. first night. Um, and so, uh, so Joe says, "Let's well, Lynn, why don't you pop out?" Tomorrow afternoon, yeah, when I'm we'll taking Icebreaker out, and we'll give you a go. Yeah, which I think is jolly good. And we'll see the cut of your jib. Cut of the jib, quite literally. I say in the previous in previous previous episodes when we've seen Lynn sailing, it's always been in skimpy tops, hot pants, and holding and and, and with a stance looking like the Kanda knitwear or the Kanda the Kanda fashion wear yeah. from CNA. Yeah, and if if anyone is is old enough to even have a foggiest idea what Jonathan's talking about Google it welcome to the club <laughs> Google welcome it love welcome to the club <laughs> so uh, and on this one she's not dressed in hot pants and blah 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 she's dressed like a yachtswoman she's dressed like a yachtswoman well she's not like dressed like the rest of the yachtswoman because they're all well they're all proper yachtswomen I presume they're, they're all the... they look like they know what they're doing <sighs> yeah Lynn they... kind of looks as if she's a bit of a spare part it, yeah honest. it does because in previous ones you've you, You've, they've not actually done a great deal of sailing. It's just been, oh yes, and pulling that. Oh, you know what you're doing, and it's like the boat is virtually stationary, no wind. But this one, they're actually physically sailing, and all the girls are, all the women are proper sailing. Well, they, and they certainly look like they're. They look like that. Oh, I don't think any. I, don't th I think the only the the ringleader of the well, of the of yeah. the yachts, the main yachtswoman. Um, I think she's an actress. She is an actress. She was in Doctor Who. Was she? Yeah, Ooh. back in the 1970s. Oh, wow. Uh, but all the other women, they all look like professional sailors. Um, and it it does show up. Well, Lindsay <laughs> sees standing holding a limp bit of rope. <laughs> a limp, limp rope going. Everyone going, oh, Lynn, you're such a good saleswoman. And you actually got all these other women that are scampering around in their sturdy shoes and sensible haircuts around around the boat and yeah. actually I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're not wearing brogues on board a yacht <laughs> they're plus four they're virtually on plus fours I'm holding a galois <laughs> bravo you're sailing very well uh, so, and it looks like she's been invited onto the fastnet and I thought this was very interesting because Tom's really super stoked that Lynn's got in 
but he didn't Je- seem super stoked. He seemed a bit distracted. Well, I mean, he's happy for her. Where, where how can where, you tell? Did he like raise an eyebrow? I, I could sense it. It was just how he he, he was he was exuding exuding sympathy and enthusiasm, obviously. Okay. Um, so like my 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 semi crushes. So I, I think Tom is lovely. He's a lovely, lovely character. Bit wet, but he is. He's that that really nice, solid, solid, solid person that you'd really appreciate in your life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, Jan, honest. stop sniffing around, Ken. Honestly, I know. Oh, uh, and you can see that he's he's obviously trying to deal with the with the whole situation with um, the the mermaid yard and the financial troubles yes. and everything. And Ke- and Jan so, is Jan yeah. is very into fashion and setting up her side project, but she. They're both excited about what they're doing. Yes, but, but they're not excited about what each other, each other are is doing. doing. And it's just very indicative of the the, the widening gap between mm. them, really. Which is noted on and by, by, by Tom in a, in a in a nice way. And then when he said, all you've, all you've mentioned about is what Ken Masters said. Ken Masters said this. Ken Masters said that. And, Ken Masters, and, and then Jan said, sort of like, oh, I'm sorry about that. And then goes on to... Ken said. Ken said she Ken, Ken said I should stop going on about Ken. <laughs> but the thing is, I think the good thing is Ken is, although Ken's got slight ulterior motives. Slight ulterior motives. Oh, he has got ulterior motives. He's offloaded Dawn off camera. Yeah. I felt sorry about that. I, yeah. yeah, but I don't think we've seen the last. Of oh Dawn. no, no. We, we we say we've got we've got Dawn until the end of series two. Um, and we haven't seen any Polly. We don't see any Polly in this episode either, which is very distracting. Or it's or not. Distracting. We get a bit of Gerald, though. A bit of Gerald action. Oh yeah, because there was a there was a comment in this when 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 obviously Charles Freer is sort of quite dismissive, and I don't think he appreciates where Ken's coming from, or just thinks he's a wide boy, which he's a bit. But I think he's got a little bit more nous on him than. Who are you talking about? Um, Charles Devere. Charles Devere. No, sorry, Charles Frey. You made me do that. You did. You, he was he was I'm holding not... a plaque up, 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 listeners, saying Devere, <laughs> so, giving me that that mark, that, that sort of uh, Penelope Keith look. <laughs> it's very sexy, guys. Um, so, <laughs> but he made an off the cuff, off the cuff moment to, to Gerald, saying, "Well, if we can't go in the front door, we'll go in the back door," and gives him a knowing yeah. look, and then. <laughs> And then Jonathan sniggered like an eight-year-old. I would say, I, although it's it's referred to again that he's, he's a raging homosexual. Well, of course, we discover later that he's nothing of the sort. Well, I think it's loosely like, oh, well, that, that's fine. I'll yeah. draw a line well, under that. That was just a phase he had gone through for the but... first 50 years of his life. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah, anyway, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll get on to my we'll anno- more, my, we'll my annoyance at so popular treatment of gay characters later on in this. In oh, the, because I think in uh, the run, because oh, I think if it was rebooted, I'd probably make a little bit more of that. Probably. Uh, anyway, yeah. anyway, back to this episode, mm-hmm. and Lynn has defied her mother, who says, "Oh no, no, who no. is very against it?" Because as I think I alluded to in last week's podcast, because there was a few, there cl- was a tragedy a few years before this was this, this was shown, and which makes it quite relevant for the time it we went out because the fast night was. I mean, I vaguely remember seeing something on 
on, John, on the news. John Craven's news. It, it wasn't on John Craven's news round. I think there was a, a sort of summary. It was before the one show. It was obviously way before the one show. But at six o'clock, they used to do like some sort of news. Yes, uh, six, like, the, no, six, the six o'clock. No, news I don't think it was show. six o'clock. No, it was like world in action. It was there was some sort of like like the one show it went on for about an hour. I'm sure you're it talking did. about nationwide. Nationwide. And it, I, I think, love nationwide because that was like the one show because it just it summarised all the local news things that yes. were coming up, which was like fluffy and interesting and a few hard hitting ones. Because the news actually went from I'm sure the news was on was it it wasn't before Neighbours came in. It was on between. Oh, you're you're way way before Neighbours. Way way before. Is it five? Is it five thirty? It's like five thirty five that the yeah. news came on. We had twenty five minutes of news. Yeah, the the news the, the news used to start at five forty, I believe. At five thirty-five, you'd have the magic roundabout or Will of, Will the, of the Wisp or something <gasps> like the that. Then there was a twenty-minute news broadcast, yeah, and then there was Nationwide. Yeah, I love Nationwide because that With was all Sue Lolly, Lolly, Bob Wellings, <laughs> Michael was... Barrett. <laughs> no, it was it. It was very. Cu- I, mean, I suppose it is like the one show is now, isn't it? Really, because they've just regurgitated those uh, that type of thing yeah. where you've got well, general diff- fluff I, yeah with hard-hitting news well i think nationwide nationwide the, the one show is a light entertainment program nationwide was a news program so it was it was much more hard-hitting it was presented by proper journalists not not the, the people that you get pres- not the failed comedians and, and um, the, soap of, opera stars that present the, the the, the, they've been killed off in the soap opera and they can't do anything yeah. else yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sure that Nationwide would have given full coverage to the. the it was. Fast I, I'm, I'm sh- I, I do remember rem- remember that because obviously I was doing I was sailing then at that time, although badly, um, and because my grandmother, cause I, I think made made a point because when that happened, um, I couldn't do horse riding anymore. And then we went to sailing. You couldn't do sailing anymore. I went into sailing anymore. And then these like so many people died in the fast net. And I pointed it out to grandmother, and she just poo pooed it because obviously I could, I could die for a brick in my pajamas. Oh, see, so she didn't. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> that happens to other people. She didn't scupper your your sailing <laughs> ambitions at that point. Yes. So, yeah. So that was that. So um, we have. The little bit of the storyline with Abby and yeah. Leo. Well, before before then, I think don't we have don't we have a showdown at the bank with um, Tom? Well, we have a showdown in the yard when the letter from Barclays yes arrives the very next day after presumably the next day after after Jack goes after there. Jack goes there. That's when first class was first class and it got there. I mean, not yeah, it was probably hand delivered by a by by a boy in a in a uniform. With a peak cap on or something. I know, because I had to send a first class stamp with a recorded delivery yesterday. And to get it delivered sort of the following day, it was like £11. That's like bonkers for a letter. Ridiculous. I know. It would be cheaper to drive there and back. Attach it to a flaming, uh, <laughs> flaming petrol bomb through the land window. Marvellous. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. So yeah, so this the letter arrives and it's a shattering blow to Avril and Tom, who up until now have had no idea, idea that the German, that contract, the German contract was 
on the fritz of your pardon the pun and then and then jack does something which he should have done previously and then i think then he realizes oh right this kate was right should have come clean and when he comes clean it's like right tom says right okay we can get this sorted the boats that the the the, the boat thing that they're dealing with then the prototype the prototype the prototype uh, where they have all the boffins in white jackets yes which um, apparently we've missed we've missed the 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 the, the news that um the, he, tom gets a phone call to apparently say that it's all marvelous yes and um and avril and tom share share a moment they have a little bit of a hug and that's when leo and then leo in plods in through the door and is thunderstruck to see the love of his life canoodling apparently well, no, they were hugging, father. and then, then they, they were but, hugging. But the thing is, they'd already had the conversation where say, "Yeah, sh- sh- where uh, where um, Avril says, don't want to take it any further," and also Tom says, "Don't want to take anything further." I was consoling a, a friend, and then we think, "Oh, okay, right, fair enough. That's one of those things. It could have been a red hanging, he- red herring, or going down that little cul-de-sac of romance." And um, and Leo walks in, and I think. Lynn has has suspected, and I think they've had conversations, little snippets of conversations about the relationship between. Well, Lynn has seen prior prior to this. Lynn has seen Tom and Avril together on a number of occasions. Yeah, but I mean, nothing's happened then. So Avril's been very nice, a bit bit very nonplussed about it, as has Tom. But I think obviously this this storyline is going to heat up. It's going to run and run. Yeah. Top. Yes. So yeah. So so Leo's a bit uh, miffed. Yes. So Leo's a bit disconcerted, but they, they bluster through without it because it's not. They don't see it as anything like ooh, untoward. So um, so that's yeah. So so on the back of that, um, they they recognise, or at least Tom and Avril recognise that they're going to have to do something important with the prototype. Um, to get to get the wheels back on the, the the yard, and Tom goes to see the bank manager, explains the projections, and is all very sort of. It's got a fold, a, a ring binder, full of projections and costings, and this boat's going to do everything. And the bank manager says, "Oh, okay, right, okay, that sounds." It's got a ring binder full of um, Chinese takeaway menus. And yeah, marvelous, marvelous. A couple of Indians. Oh, yeah, marvelous. And. Uh, basically says right this is what we want to do and the bank manager says oh, okay fair enough you got anything in collateral that you can put up so then tom wants to put only that. my house only my house only my so, house so so that's it gives ammunition to persuade jack to make this prototype but also it puts another nail in the coughing of the relationship between jan and tom which well, is so t- tom has to go and say to jan um i want to put our house up for collateral to try and save this failing boatyard, um, perhaps unsurprisingly, yeah, Jan's sorry, I mean, not I, I, thrilled at the prospect. No, I personally put it mildly. I personally wouldn't be either. I, yeah, that's they've got yeah. a paid for. By the house. way, I've got some paperwork for you to sign later. <laughs> yeah, no, no, okay, <laughs> okay. debt phobic. Um, so yeah, so. And Jan then spills the beans to Ken. Ken then offers... Ken offers advice. and inv- I'll, advice. I'm doing air quotes, people. Yeah. Advice. advice. 
saying how much better you'd be off a in, uh, being independent and b with a gentleman such as myself who will which is kind of like a bit conflicting really because he's on the one hand he's saying you're a great you're a great businesswoman and you're fabulous and blah 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 but if 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 you if you were with with me i would i would give you everything that you could possibly want and you would never have to lift a finger or work another day in your life or something something Some like so, that some it sort of all felt a bit contradictory really yeah uh but i th- I, mean, I think ken masters knows the value in jan he knows the value in Jan with regards to social client, but now I think he's starting to realise she has the value with regards to the business as well. Because previously, she's just been sort of posh eye candy to have. Hacking away at a typewriter. On <laughs> the word processor. Uh, so, um, so he offers offers to, well, suggests or drops that nugget of suggestion in that uh, Jan could buy Tom out of the house, and he will up the money for that. Um, so this is where you're getting your your thought about it. has she become some kind of shareholder or yeah. have they have they come to some sort of profit, some sort share, of arrangement profit share arrangement Perry Plu Perry Plu Perry Plu I need to have a Perry Plu T-shirt Perry Plu We do know it's Perry Plus, but for some reason I just look at it and think it should be Perry Plu. I think Perry Plu. Perry Plu. It just looks French. It does. Well, yeah. So when, when um, Jan Harvey sponsored when I did a sort of a charity thing, she sponsored me, and she she did it's for, for all the people from Perry Plu. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but they did actually change it to House of Howard or something, didn't they? In the it, last, I think. Well, Perry Plu, Perry Plus is Ken Masters, but when she she goes for she a, goes well spoilers independent. It's House of Howard. It becomes House of Howard. Which personally, I I think should be spelled H A U S, as in House of Gaga. Oh yeah, House of How. Oh, I need the T-shirt with that as well. Oh, for goodness' sake! How many need, T-shirts? I need does lots one of T-shirts. I, well, Rob, Rob, I say, so, so I like to wear sort of like bespoke T-shirts, and Rob is very good with designing stuff. So. I have a range of T-shirts which I totally love and adore, and no one else and in no the one world has, has because they've got special logos and blah 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 blah. And it just makes me feel a bit special. Well, you're special <laughs> in a in a fun fashionista type of way, rather than Rocky backwards and forwards dribbling. <laughs> so, well, so, you do do that too, but <laughs> so, so I do need to have a whole range of Howard's Way T-shirts. I've decided. So yes. So birthday, Christmases, <gasps> fabulous. Well, Christmas is coming up. <gasps> fabulous. So, um, so this this is all good, but this is also giving ammunition and putting that nugget of information in for Jan. Which yeah. Is, so Jan is giving Jan food for thought. I suppose. He's taking her mind down to different avenues, which are, are looking at other choices. Which he's thinking, oh, could I? Could I? Could I exist without, without Tom? Tom? And she, because they are living sort of independent lives, so that's how. Yeah, and meanwhile, just after they've had their conversation, who should turn up? Charles Frere. Charles Devere. <laughs> Charles Frere. Charles Frere. Because <laughs> uh, Charles met Jan in the previous episode, but wasn't formally introduced. Yes, he was they, sniffing they, around Polly. Yeah, they sort of saw each other at the the art the art gallery. Yes, which was House of Art. House of oh, it was once. It was a stately home with big art, 
big pastely modern. modern. It's all, it all very modern. modern I quite like it. It's big art. I like big and art. And it all went art. lovely with Polly's hair. Yes. <laughs> she discussed with the artist previously. And said, yes, I need yeah. something which will go with my auburn looks. So, well, meanwhile... Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Leo is following up his clues. It's like it's like from it's Davy. Like, it's like Scooby Doo from Davy, whose dad's yes. the GP, and he's rifled yes. through the. So yeah. so he's been to the to the rather gloomy looking HMO um, and discovered that Abby's not there anymore. But he of course got some clues as to as what? to what she might be doing for a living or where she yeah. might be. Well, and scro- it turns out and it turns out that she's actually filming a public information film <laughs> about about the, the, the dangers of adventure playgrounds, of adventure playgrounds with all yeah. those sharp edges and So I mean, Abby Abby overnight has become a qualified social worker and she's in charge of all these children that are ragamuffin or ru- running riot on yeah, this adventure riots. playground. Adventure playground's got lots of sharp edges, sharp edges. rusty nails. It's next to a next, next to a railway ra- track. Next to a railway the track. Flimsy all, looking. Yeah, all we, <laughs> really, all we needed was some frisbees and, and an pylon. electricity pylon. Maybe maybe a couple of abandoned fridges. <laughs> And uh, a big, uh, a big puddle with with a couple of kids lying face down in it. Yes, central casting. It was a warning. warning. Yeah. <laughs> it looked ghastly. It's a health and safety nightmare. So, uh, that, 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 uh, Abby looked that. very, very pleased to see Leo, though. Uh, she did, which surprisingly. Well, no, she did. She did. She looked quite at ease, and I really like. I I, I like the Abby character, and I think. She's she is a bit muscle she is a bit grumpy in most of the times, but then she's she's dealing with her own demons and what have you. Um but, but not in an exorcist fashion. Not in an exorcist fashion or in the oh, what's the the thing that's also on, on Sundays at eight o'clock at the moment? Um that's sci-fi. Oh, it's dark materials. Dark materials where everyone has the, their pet demon, which is like either a ferret or a Baboon with well, a it can be anything. blue ass. Yeah, it, <laughs> it can be any animal until you hit puberty, then it fixes on a particular. Yeah. particular we don't style. talk about dark materials because it clashes with our, <laughs> our eight o'clock. So we have to, we have to watch on catch up <laughs> and avoid all the hashtags for dark materials. <laughs> so, but anyway, so she sort of is very chatty and everything. Leo, well, as chatty as she gets. <laughs> She is, she's quite chatty and she's quite she's happy she's to see she's not as monosyllabic and uncommunicative as she usually because is because she's actually got a purpose and she's doing something yeah she's stopping children from being <laughs> being being ripped to shreds or <laughs> holding their breath in big puddles yeah and how to wear cool dry while flipping having the, the, the throat pylon having the throat slashed on the sharp edges of sorry slides. that adventure playground did not look safe at all it did not look safe it really <laughs> did it really did it looks like it, it looks that, like the sort of playground that I played in as a child oh I wasn't allowed anywhere near the adventure well of course you weren't because you were wrapped up in cotton wool I was allowed to go. I wasn't allowed to horse ride, but I could, I could, I could, I could sail because obviously I could swim. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, that adventure playground that just looked so so awful, and I, I really can't believe that. Well, because on all the adventure playgrounds, there were like bomb sites where houses have been bombed, and they've just been 
So somewhere for the children to play. Yeah, look, there might be an unexploded bomb in that. Well, maybe that was in London. Yeah. There were. I, th- I think you're 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 heading a little bit further back into the past there. Well, no, because I say the adventure. Say the the adventure playgrounds, which were in London, because I was brought up in London in the seventies, and the adventure playgrounds were in really sort of bombed rough, out tenement. They were. They were. There, there were like areas of 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 clearance where you had half. But half constructed houses where they've been bought down and they'd cobbled together some adventure playground. And some of them were like three levels high. And you had like some sort of rope rope swing going between like three stories up where kids were like, Oh yeah, look, Tracy, Sharon, Trevor, we a, Wade. We had a much more robust um approach to, just... to safe health and safety <laughs> back in the in the seventies, didn't we? Yeah, I because I had, well, we had, we had, we had films to watch on television that would tell us the dangers about things, and, and then you, they, and the then adults then, used to create them for yeah. you. But, but the thing is, though, if if you know how dangerous it is to climb into an abandoned fridge, um, then okay, you can abandon your fridges then, because kids know how dangerous it is, and they're not going <laughs> to climb in them, are they? Yeah, I, I do remember. I, I really remember the whole fridge fridge things because I, I could never really grasp it because we had all those fridges which were like. We well, had a modern fridge, we had, with we a magnetic. Modern, but the, I, I used to have in well, one well, of my first flats had a had a fridge that had a had a like proper lock on the outside. So, yeah, if you were small enough to climb inside and the door shut behind you, you couldn't get out. You couldn't get out. Uh, yeah, so I, I do. Remember I'm not entirely certain exactly how many children died locked in a fridge. I, I remember two incidents. I'm in sure the 70s. it couldn't have been that. Many. I, there's two incidents in the 70s in our, where I was where I was brought up in Dulwich. Um, you didn't abandon fridges and well, no, in Peckham they did because Peckham was right. Well, yeah. maybe Dul- abandoned wine fridges. Perhaps. No, no, no. So, so Dulwich in southeast London is very, very lovely. Um, but you've got on one side you've got Peckham, which was rough as hell, but now it's super trendy. And on the other side you had Brixton, which again it was hugely rough as hell. And the, the two big adventure playgrounds were in Peckham and uh, and Brixton. And I remember because I. Uh, through this because when my mom was working and things like that in the summer i had to go to these after school these like summer school places where you you went and sort of you did fun activities and part of the fun activities were to go to the adventure playgrounds which i was always told i wasn't allowed to go to so there was a letter written saying i wasn't allowed to go so i'd sort of May Johnny be excused because he's a delicate soul and 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 can't be around rough children. That's a double art or something, <laughs> or pottery, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, so many a time you, you saw all the warnings with regards to the fridges. Um, and the thing is, these adventure playgrounds—they were like dumping grounds for for, for fridges. For fridges. That's <laughs> so yeah. And broken glass. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's ghastly. bringing back flashbacks now. Uh, How ghastly! <laughs> so, so they 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 make their way back, picking their way across this desolate wasteland over, over the broken of hazards, glass and, and used avoid, condoms yeah, and things. Yeah, yeah, lovely. <laughs> to um to Abby's delightful abode. Yeah, her studio. Oh, the most vile, vile, Studio vile. bed set. It's I a think. bed set. It's a bed set. Is that, if you can think of the worst bed set. Actually, it reminded, reminded me of the 1980s, you know, that heroin's bad for you, the girl face down. Heroin's mat- bad for you. <laughs> With the girl face down in a mattress on a, 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 a dirty flat. With a needle sticking out of her yeah, arm. Yeah, it was a bit like that without the heroin addict. <laughs> 
on the yeah, mattress because yeah. it, it was quite grim. It was grim. I think even had a candle with bedspread on the bed. That was like, Ugh. <laughs> and then she says, "Yes, I'm pregnant." And and Leo's like, "Oh, okay." I don't think I think Leo. I think he'd done the, the actor that played Highmore that played him had done a few acting gigs beforehand, but I don't think he had much of a range. He developed his range through Howard's way, uh, but it's like, yeah. Oh. So this this is I guess this is his wet lettuce stage of development. <laughs> yeah, he really does improve on series from season three. Well, when he becomes a yuppie, he becomes a yuppie, then he becomes a speedboat, speedo <laughs> pilot or whatever they called <laughs> driver. Driver. Yes. <laughs> so um, as said, I'm having an abortion. Yes. Oh, do you want to talk about it? No, not really. Okay then. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and, that was, and that was that that was hard hitting I mean if it, if it was this time you'd probably have Juliet Bravo and that would be dedicated to some sort of panic strewn episode for 50 minutes but yeah. this one was just like set and burn oh, okay. <laughs> the... I know that Juliet Bravo was filmed around Burnley and Blackburn and yeah, yeah. In the, was it in the Austin Allegro didn't they change they, uh, Juliet Bravo? They changed the actress that played Juliet, didn't they? <laughs> that no, oh for goodness' sake! No, I'm joking. They did. They two yeah, I know they changed the actress, but that the the character was not called Juliet. Juliet Bravo. <laughs> Juliet Bravo. It was a code name. There was Jean Darbley, to begin with, played by Stephanie Turner. Uh huh. And then she left and was placed by Inspector Kate Longton. Who's the actress who played her is slightly escaping me at, no the, at the moment. All I can remember about her was that she was a member of a feminist comedy musical <laughs> troupe. How lovely. Of, of some time. Hang on, hang on. Just keep talking. <laughs> keep talking keep, about yourself. Keep the listeners entertained. Yes, Google is your friend. Google is my friend. <laughs> Yes, he's Googling. He is, Googling. he's Googling. Anna Carteret played Kate Longton. I haven't say Juliet Bravo went it, it seemed to be on forever in the eighties and it just dropped off. But I think they probably only did probably only did three or four series, I think. Um yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I think it probably was just a Because it, it was around about the same time as a gentle touch and then everything went very glam for because we had lots of the glam things like um, the Avengers and the New Avengers, um, and then it went to the Gentle Touch, which was very sort of hard hitting, slightly glam but quite hard hitting, and then it went to the, the the sort of the soapy things of Juliet Bravo. Then it all went a bit bonkers with Cat's Eyes and sort of Dempsey and Matepiece and things like that. Because I think so, we did embrace. We say we we're all a little bit. The, the program was very dour for a period of time. Or Juliet Bravo. Mm, it was all a bit down. Well, it was set in Burnley. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Anything's out of the room. So, uh, apologies to our Lis- listeners in, in, in Burnley. If you have any listeners you have in Burnley, internet? please you have, tweet. Do you have the internet in Burnley? Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> They're running water. <laughs> down the walls. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the episode... This one, it was it it was the introduction of the characters, and it's sort of it was business, business, business. It did feel a bit of a filler episode because we got a little bit of storyline between Leo and and Abby, but that was only really briefly touched on. 
we see John enjoying being business, business, business. Charles Freer, we see Charles Freer. Charles Freer is a bit of a prat, really. Yeah. Well, we, what, what we missed, what we haven't touched upon, is that he he turns up again and threatens Avril. And threatens Avril. Basically, he seems to want to get his hands on the mermaid yard. He wants to get any waterfront waterfront land so he can develop it. Um, so that's his that's his thing, and he'll by hook or crook he'll and, do whatever and he's, he takes. He's discovered that apparently Jack's been phoning up merchant banks or something, trying to get some funding. As you do, and in a, a remarkable breach of any sort of degree of confidentiality, um, apparently one of these merchant banks has has randomly told Charles Freer that... Or oh, one of Charles Freer's contacts and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's yeah. all a bit... It's m- all very insider trading and all the... Uh, so all the Avril's a little bit wobbly, because she's wobbly anyway, because she she fell in love with him and then he did the dirty on her by marrying someone else while they've been t- after they've been together for 12 months. And, and to be fair, that... Uh, that I think most that people would be rather would, miffed. Yeah, that would be a bit of a, a sort of a downer, Debbie Downer. Um, so that was, he's a bit, a bit, a bit nasty. He's a nasty piece of work. He does, he, he does mellow through the series because, because Charles Freer is in the series from now on till it, till the series ends. Um, so he, he does, he does warm to it, and, and I, I do warm a little bit more to Charles Freer, um, but especially when when he marries the lady of the manor and and the. They, they managed to save the... Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of Charles. <laughs> sorry. sorry. And Bertie the wrong, Beagle. Wrong show. Wrong show. But overall, this episode, it's it's a nice episode. It does wash over you. Um, we have a bit of fashion. We have a bit of boaty. We're a bit um, of business. A bit of, we have a lot of business. A bit of business. Uh, well, it, the whole business, business, business of, of Houseway is a bit superfluous. You just needed to take a little bit of a sort of a, a pinch of dynasty, and have someone with a big hat say, "I own this now. Hmm. Let's go for yeah. drinks, <laughs> rather than talk about spreadsheets and bollocks yeah. like that. and share prices." Yeah. Like, not interested. Not interested. Let's move on. So, but yeah, overall, I love this episode. Um, I love Howard's way, obviously, uh, and Penny Plu, and Pelly it's Pelly. lovely to see the characters sort of going along which is just <laughs> yeah uh, you're not you're i'm not, not really, really selling, selling it, episode, it am i uh, oh, it I think, just yeah. washes over you it's lovely to see the characters sort of bobbling along it, well, it is, I mean, it is bumbling it, along it, I mean, it, it this there's not a great deal happens there's a few apart nuggets. from all the stuff that happens yeah but it's not that important that stuff um so, yeah abby's pregnancy who cares well, we sort of knew that. It was alluded to a few episodes ago when she was talking to Lynn. So, yeah, there was this girl. She's tried to fit in, so she yeah. slept with someone and got pregnant. And then Lynn gets get, get, gets diverted by someone with a with a yacht. Yeah. And then she goes, and, like, and, and what happened to her? Oh, I don't know. And the mermaid jar, <laughs> the mermaid jar is being foreclosed upon. Therefore, oh, we Tom, need to have a little Tom, bit of crisis with that. Tom is now pleading with Jan to allow him to... Um, to, basically to... remortgage the house put it up for collateral there's a bit of business that we've not touched upon where uh, Jack is very much against building the prototype and it f- comes down to a vote and to his horror he seems to have forgotten 
Well, he thinks that, he has fifty percent of that, but then it comes apparent. Yeah, well, he thinks he controls fifty percent. His twenty-five percent plus um, Avril's twenty-five. Avril's twenty-five percent, or something like that. But does that mean that Tom has got fifty percent? Mm, no, I think Tom's got twenty-five percent. I, th- I think Tom's got twenty-five percent. Avril, uh, he, um, to- uh, Jack's got fifty percent, or he thinks. And Avril's got five percent. And, uh, and Avril's got twenty-five percent. And as as Jack is managing director, he has deciding no, vote. No, hang on a minute. No, hang no, on a minute. No, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. No, hang on a minute. Because if he's he 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 remembers incorrectly that he doesn't then because he yeah. thinks he has fifty percent, but, but then doesn't. it becomes apparent that uh, with the last business partner, yeah. which is then which was touched upon, so Avril has five percent. Has thirty percent. So Avril plus Tom. Tom is fifty five percent. So it can usurp it because. Jack thought it's 50-50, I'm managing partner, I'm managing director, so I make the, the decision. He's got the decision. casting role, but he doesn't own as much of the yard he as he's remembering. He only has 45%? He only has 45%. So, they're making their boat! Woo! Yay! Can't Yay. wait to see the boat. Yay. So, the boat is just going to be a massive, massive success. We won't mention the Lynette. No. <laughs> That's in later episodes. Yes. So anyway, anyway, dear listeners, that was that then. uh, That was that then. Uh, We are going to pour ourselves another gin. Maybe bob into the wine merchants, get a nice bottle of wine. Or Morrison's supermarket, possibly. Or Morrison's or other Other supermarkets are available. Yes, we're devastated. The Aldi in Aldi in town in town has actually been demolished. Yeah, they're building a new one, a two-story one. They're building a big one. I know, marvellous. But, um, but that's not going to come back until until till September, uh, summer next year, sometime. Yeah, yeah. So we're suddenly limited on our on our um, shopping. I know because the, the Aldi Wine Club is lovely because they've got some really good selections. So yeah, we do like we do we like lo- lo- so Aldi. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, yes. we adore your products. A free case of wine once a yeah. week. Or- that wouldn't that wouldn't improve the quality of our. I don't of know. our podcast, so they'll be it would be hard to imagine them being worse than they are. <gasps> Take that back. So, speaking of uh, our podcast, if you whatever platform you listen on, if you can give us a five star rating, that really helps with us being picked up, so other people can hear about the fabulous delights of Howard's Way because Howard's Way is life. We haven't done the recasting. No, no. So, I think we should do the recasting for next week so who should we recast next week i think i think we see dawn next week so i think we should recast dawn okay that's kind of interesting and then she's an important important and pivotal character because she set the, the thing in action with regards to accusing jan to have an affair with ken which she wasn't at the time and also accusing tom oh saying to tom that um she was having an affair which basically pushed them a little bit apart because if that hadn't happened, the little idea might not have been a nugget thing. So we'll do Dawn next okay. week. Okay, we'll do Dawn. So, yeah, dawn. dear listeners, please share our podcast on all social media platforms. You can find us on all social media platforms at, at Antique Dust. We love to hear your Howard's Way stories. If you have anything Howard's Way related or the stars of Howard's Way, post Howard's Way, please let us Free know. Free Howard's Way. Pre-Howard's Way. Yeah, that'd be nice as well. Uh, but post-Howard's Way. Because I, I like to see that all the actors have progressed on to other things. Um, but I don't think many did, uh, unfortunately, because they were, they're still in Tarrant, sailing and doing business, yes. business, business. Yes. 
But in the meantime, it's farewell from me, Jonathan. And it's goodbye from me, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye. Listening to the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust.